Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. I'm your host, Wendy Covey. On each episode, I'll break down an industry trend, best practice, or challenge in marketing to technical audiences. Along the way, you'll meet friends and colleagues of mine who will share their stories, and my hope is that with each episode, you'll be inspired and ready to take action. Before we get started, I'd like to give a brief shout out to our sponsor, True Marketing. True is a full service content marketing agency located in beautiful Austin, Texas. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. Hi there, today I'll be talking to those of you who are in your first year of content marketing. You're either looking to move over to this model or you're just getting started and you're wondering what are the key steps to tackle in this important foundational year. So let's dive in and talk about those. There are four main areas, persona development, brand positioning and messaging, content marketing plan development, and then looking at your technology stack, which includes your website and your marketing platform that you'll be using to execute with. So let's walk through each of those four areas and talk about some key steps that you take and uh, why this is so important in this foundational year. And the first one is persona development. And so this is the act of not only defining your target audiences, but defining key um, aspects about that person. So what is their gender? How old are they? How much education do they have? Um, what influence do they have within the company? And one of the most important things to identify is what is their pain or what, what is it that they'll be searching on? How can they find your solution? What are they trying to achieve? Often persona development is helpful to do with your sales force who's closest to the customer. So I'd recommend doing that and perhaps your executive team as well. Um, we give them names and photos and these become someone that uh, you can almost have a shorthand with. So design engineer Dan. So a sales guy may, may say, um, oh, I, I was talking to a Dan the other day or for marketing pieces, white papers targeted at a Dan. And that's very different than, let's say, procurement manager Penny. And uh, you can imagine how content for Dan and content for Penny would be very different. But they might be both um, important personas for you. We find that when you're just starting out, maybe start with three key personas and um, focus in on someone who is an influencer. They'd be the, or a specifier, the first person that would find you, bring you into the company and recommend you to say a buying team. Those are the ones that you want to prioritize in your one. Once you have your personas identified, then you need a next look at the messaging that you have put together for your company, as well as your solutions. So that might be a product family or family of, of services that your company offers. Um, if you're lucky, you already have a differentiated message about your company. You have a great elevator pitch. You have a beautiful visual brand and you're set. But many companies don't have this. They sound pretty generic like everyone else. Maybe they don't exactly know who they are or what their differentiators um, truly are. They have ideas about that internally, but maybe they don't uh, mesh up with what clients are saying. So um, a great step to do here is customer interviews. Go out, talk to those customers, ask some questions about why they chose your company, what aspects set you apart from others, 
And you can do this same interview internally as well. Match up that information. Think about words that keep coming up. And that information can help inform your brand positioning statements as well as your brand messaging. And it's really important to take the time to do this right because this messaging sets the stage for all content that flows out from, from it. Uh, whether it's you know that white paper, that product page, um, it needs to all um, sound the same, have the same tone, repeat the same words, um, and that sort of thing. Once you have your brand positioning and messaging document put into place, now it's time to create a plan. So this would be your strategy for year one of content marketing. And so what uh, you will wanna do is bring your personas into this exercise and think about what you want to communicate to them based on their pain, pain points and what they might be searching. And a great tool to do this is called a topic cluster. So imagine there's a central theme, and this is an, an area of the market that you address. So maybe it's an application or you know, a pain point of that person, but, but definitely something around your solution. So on a, we have a blog post on this, and I believe the example of cybersecurity is in the middle. And then you can imagine a mind map, right? Radiating from that central theme, you have different topics that you can write about. These topics are, are things that you're an authority on, but also align with your persona's pain points or needs that they have and how they might find you. So imagine central theme, lots of topics you can talk about, and then you assign uh, content types to each of these topics. This is going to be a white paper or a case study or webinar. How are we going to talk to, um, you know, how are we going to deliver this content to talk to that persona? So once you have that put into place, then you wanna also think about content along the buyer's journey. You know, what is the piece of content they need to see right when they come and they're first getting to know you? And then how do you walk them, them down the path from education to considering you as a potential vendor to them or a potential solutions partner? And then how do you move from making it onto the short list to becoming the preferred vendor that they select? What are the pieces of content you need for each of those stages? Sales, again, is a great resources to help um, inform this. And then you need to decide, again, what are the form factors um, for this content? And then how do you serve it up? What goes behind a form and what doesn't? So there's a lot that goes into this planning phase. You also want to discuss how to promote this content. So in other words, how to drive visitors to your website so that you can start this process of building trust, communicating to them along their buyer's journey. This is an excellent time to take a critical look at your website and do an assessment of how it's performing so you can look at key metrics such as you know, how many visitors you have, how long do they stay on your site, how many pages do they visit, you know, do you retain them, do they bounce away. Um, if you retain them for a short amount of time, is it a good thing because they found their answer and they're moving on? Or is it a bad thing because they found your site and found it to be irrelevant to their solution? So you definitely need to look at your uh, website with a critical eye. You also want to look at how many clicks it takes to get to the information that your personas need. Um, another thing to look at is just, does it look modern? Is it aesthetically pleasing? And all of these factors go into whether or not your website is performing well. Um, I'll say a last one is internally, how difficult is it to update your website? 
because it's very, very important on a website and have fresh content published all the time or uh, you know, steady cadence, or you're going to find yourself not doing well with search. Um, load time and security are also very important aspects of a modern website that'll perform well in search. So um, you can find a checklist of all these items in my book, Content Marketing Engineered, and go through and assess your website to see whether or not a redesign is in order, or maybe you just need to refresh the content. The other thing to look at while you're assessing your marketing technology is what CRM you're using and whether or not you have any marketing automation software in place. Uh, why is this important? Well, for content marketing, there are all these things we can measure to know whether or not we're doing well at performance, meaning are we attracting the right people, bringing them into the website, building trust and converting them and qualifying them for sales. And you can measure each of these steps individually. You can, um, you know, for instance, you can measure the performance of your e-newsletter and how well that particular item is doing, but you can also see how it contributes in the bigger picture of moving someone through the buyer's journey. So in order to do this, as well as to work efficiently as a marketing professional, you need marketing automation software. And um, this type of software, think of this as the next evolution to those of you who are maybe still using Constant Contact or MailChimp, and you're doing mailings over there, and then maybe your Salesforce has a CRM that you're populating uh, just through those emails and maybe manually entering some leads. That's really the old way of doing things. Now you have marketing automation software and ties into your website so that when someone fills out a form, the leads flow directly into your CRM that you share with sales. And then you utilize marketing automation tools to post on social media, to do your email, um, to uh, post to your blog, you know, all these different functions where you're interacting with your website, they will all be done or mostly done in your marketing automation software. You can also do things like lead scoring and look at behavioral cues that someone is ready to uh, take the next step and, and be considered by your sales force as a marketing qualified or sales qualified lead. So lots to unpack about marketing automation software. If you haven't looked at this already, I definitely recommend you go take a look at HubSpot. That's our preferred um, software platform. They are specifically focused on the small to medium sized business. So if that describes you, then HubSpot's probably going to be your best fit. They're the best in class software for that size business. And I use them for true marketing now for eight years and I'm very pleased with, with how they work. So uh, back to your content marketing plan. Um, in your plan, you should set goals. You should do your topic clusters and define what content that you'll be creating and then how to promote that content. So is that social media? Is it paid advertising? Is it optimizing on page? Are you starting a podcast where you do video? You know, there's lots of options for promoting content, um, but you wanna make sure that anything that you do is done so in an integrated manner where you're taking each individual piece and um, bringing them all together. So I brought up cybersecurity earlier. So imagine you have a cybersecurity campaign, which is an integrated set of activities towards a common goal. So what are all the aspects that you need in that campaign? Well, let's say for your company, you're not very well known in this space and you have a new product that you're offering. So awareness is going to be very important to you versus another company where they're well known in cybersecurity and they have a new offering. They may be focused um, further along in the buyer's journey. 
So you can imagine then that the types of activities you would do would be different. Um, but all of those activities, whether it be, you know, PR outreach or ads or, you know, um, nurturing your existing database with emails and, and workflows and new pieces of content, they all work together towards that common goal of bringing in qualified leads for that area of the business. And they should be measured not just individually to uh, tweak in, you know, performance of that channel, but they should be measured holistically to see if that campaign is gaining traction towards those goals. And uh, finally, as part of your content plan, you want to create a scorecard. So what are the key metrics that show that you're on track? And um, usually you have dashboard level metrics, ones that you would communicate broadly within your organization. Hey, this campaign's on track and, and or marketing is on track as a whole. And here are indicators, you know, and that might be web visits and leads and uh, coverage for a particular campaign, for example. And then you'll have diagnostic metrics a great example of this is for your e-newsletter. That would be your open rate and your click-through and your opt-out rates. Those are all measuring how well that e-newsletter performed and how well your database is performing. And those are very important metrics for the marketing person, but not necessarily something you want to surface to executives because there's, there's a, a big, big uh, list of different metrics you could be reporting out. So once you have your marketing plan in place, then you're ready to jump into execution. And if during the audit, you discovered that your website needs redesigning or your messaging isn't up to par and you need to redo your messaging, boy, those are gonna be the first things you need to put into place. Or your non-on-marketing software, you need to onboard HubSpot. Well, great, so that's gonna help inform some of the first actions that you take during implementation. Um, the next big action is going to be starting to write that content or maybe you have existing content that you need to repurpose um, starting in on that and it might be that um, you start with one campaign or it might be that you address multiple campaigns at the same time. So you could imagine now you're probably, I don't know, three months into your first year and you're just now starting to write and to implement. And so you can imagine if you don't have a lot of content in place today, that by the time you write the content, another few months have passed. And then now you're ready, let's say, to publish that content on a redesigned website. And um, now you're maybe in month uh, eight. So you only have a few months left in the year to promote that content and bring leads in. And so I bring this up to just say it's important to set expectations internally that the first year of content marketing is largely focused on building your foundation. Now, if you already have some of those elements in place, this will move much more quickly. Um, but what you don't wanna have is, is you don't wanna get to the end of the year and your executives say, what content marketing doesn't work? Where are all the leads? I expected greater results. Um, so the expectation should be year one is foundational and then year two is where you start to see exponential lead growth, things start really happening, you gain traction in search, um, that's where really the fun is, that's where you can you know, uh, be proud and stand up within the organization to show all of your contributions towards uh, sales growth. Um, but there is a process to get there, and, and um, my friend over at HubSpot, J.D. Sherman, uh, likes to say that this is like a building a, a factory. A manufacturing facility. So imagine if you're building a factory 
the first thing you need to do, right, is lay your foundation, get the machines put in place. And then once you have all, that, have all of that foundation, then you can go and start to create your widgets. And once you start that production, which in our case is writing content and promoting that content, and those products, so to speak, become an annuity that pays off over time. And um, so your foundation is an upfront investment. And, and you know, in, in the real world of building a manufacturing facility, you can amortize that cost over time. Unfortunately, that's not the case with marketing. So you do have to take that upfront hit as far as, as investment, but then you're going to see the fruits of this in years two and three and beyond. And I'll tell you a great story. One of our clients had this presentation they gave at a conference and it was an evergreen topic. It was introduction to dynamometers and it was the basics on dynamometer tests. And again, it was something that that was really a timeless piece. And so we asked the uh, sales engineer to record himself presenting on this topic and we put it on their website and the first year did well. I think they got him a uh, hundred leads, maybe 120 leads. And it was, outstanding, really good lead generator for something that was already written. Well, gosh, in year two, it did even better. And in year three, it did even better still. And now this one piece of content generates over a thousand leads every single year for this company. And it was very little effort, again, just to re-record something that already existed. So what this shows is the virtuous effect of content over time. This is a really relevant piece of content. The more people that click on it, the more that Google sees that, okay, this is a good piece of content, it will start to move up in the search rankings. So that's the other thing to mention is don't despair if you don't hit page one, two, or even page three when you first publish content. If you were to redesign your website, you don't have a ton of visitors coming to your site today. It does take time to get that organic search engine going. And there's definitely some shortcuts you can take. You'll have to listen to one of my other podcasts um, with the author of Think Like Google. Um, and he talks about some great shortcuts to do well in search. But as a whole, your best bet is to write for your audience, utilizing their pain points as your triggers of what you're writing about. And then if it's a super relevant piece, it's going to do better over time and you will get this virtuous effect of Google. So I know I just threw a lot at you, but the good news is um, in my book, Content Marketing Engineered, I walk through all of these steps and um, this book really is really targeted for two people. Those like you looking to start your content marketing program that haven't been using this technique in the past, or those of you looking to improve your content marketing efforts. So pick up a copy today. Another great resource, resource is a webinar that True Marketing gave recently. It was myself and two of my colleagues called Content Marketing Year One. And it walks through a lot of what I just talked about with visual examples. So you'll want to check that out um, as well. Thanks for listening today. Visit contentmarketingengineer.com for notes and resources from today's episode. While there, you can subscribe to my blog, which will keep you up to date on new episodes and other resources for building trust and growing your business with technical content. Thanks and have a great day.